It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a shocking two-episode August night of Locked on Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Ben DuBose, Rockets correspondent for Sports Talk 790, the team's official radio flagship. We're coming to you again on Thursday evening with our second episode of the day, because even though it's normally the dog days of the NBA calendar by the league's usual standards, we all know by now that Rockets GM Gerald Morey is subject to striking a major deal at any time. That's exactly what happened late Thursday night. News broken by Adrian Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. The Rockets trading Ryan Anderson and his massive $20 million per year contract for the next two seasons to the Phoenix Suns, along with rookie guard DeAnthony Melton, in exchange for 26-year-old guard Brandon Knight and third-year big man Marquise Chris. Now, I am just learning about this deal within the past 30 minutes, so I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on any of the players involved. I'm as shocked as a lot of you all are. Now, certainly Ryan was projected as a Rockets trade target for some time, really for over a year now, but for a deal to be struck at this time, late August, without really that much in terms of the market being open, it's a bit shocking. Also, I think this explains why the Rockets had not signed DeAnthony Melton. We had gone through the possible scenarios and basically those being either saving him for a trade because if Melton were to be signed, you'd have to wait 30 days to trade him or it could have been the issue with waiting for the required tender date of September 5th when the Rockets would have been forced to give him an offer of a one-year minimum deal to retain his rights. Instead, it turns out it was the unlikely scenario of Melton not being signed because they were working on a deal and that trade being consummated late Thursday night. It does not appear that any draft picks were involved, just a straight swap of Ryan and Melton for Knight and Chris. Both Ryan Anderson and Brandon Knight have large contracts. Knight about $15 million per year, Anderson $20 million a year, but both expiring in 2020. So this does not preclude the Rockets from making any future deals if Knight does not work out. Knight's an interesting player. He was drafted in 2011, lottery pick, eighth overall by the Pistons. His last his last healthy season, 2015-2016, he averaged 20 points per game, five assists, four rebounds, did tear an ACL, then went into a bench role in which he was decent, but nowhere near as dynamic as when he averaged 20 and five. So it remains to be seen exactly what he has left at 26 years old. It's not like he's old by any stretch of the imagination, but worst case, even if he does not work out, he could still fill the same salary filling role in terms of matching salaries at a later date, possibly closer to the trade deadline that Ryan Anderson could have. And that's the role that we potentially discussed him having for some time here at Lockdown Rockets. We'll discuss the Suns more, or I guess the new Rockets, the players they have acquired from the Suns more 
in the second segment, but for now, I want to discuss who the Rockets sent out, which was Ryan Anderson and DeAnthony Milton. As far as Ryan Anderson goes, look, as soon as Carmelo Anthony signed in Houston, the only potential role, in my opinion, that there was left for Ryan Anderson in Houston, despite his contract, was filled. It really is that simple. Ryan did provide value to the Rockets in his first season after signing in July 2016 as that stretch for, but it became very, very clear as last season moved along that the only role that Ryan entering his 30s could play in Houston was as a small ball stretch five in Mike D'Antoni's system. He just did not play well enough in space defensively for them to trust him at the four spot on a team that was built to challenge the Golden State Warriors. So the only role he could have theoretically had, even given his salary, was as a 12 minutes per game, backed up five, and one with limited upside behind Clint Capella. In terms of a power forward that can space the floor, they have that in Carmelo Anthony now, but Melo also has more athleticism, more playmaking potential. Even at age 34, he gives them a dimension as a scorer, as a playmaker, that Ryan Anderson simply could not. So while Ryan did help them his first season with the team, and really the first half of last year, keep in mind he started more games at power forward than P.J. Tucker did, despite the fact that Tucker was the power forward in the playoffs, the reality is that Ryan in Houston, that era had run its course. Ryan serves his purpose in terms of what the roster composition was when he was signed in July 2016, but at this point, there just was no longer a role that really made sense for him after signing Carmelo Anthony, so I don't really see that as much of a loss. DeAnthony Melton, on the other hand, that could be a loss. Let's be real. He looked great in Summer League. He could have been a lottery pick. All the things we discussed this summer were incredibly valid. I am very bullish on his long-term upside. And it's possible the Suns could get a real long-term steal here. The reality is that the Rockets right now are not built around the long-term. When you sign someone like Chris Paul to basically a $40 million a year deal, when you lock up Clint Capella and James Harden and you have that three-man core through 2022 and you are taxed out for the foreseeable future, it is about the here and now. And that's what this move screams to me more than anything else. There are no guarantees with Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, but effectively you're getting two players who you could see having an impact as soon as this year for a guy in Ryan Anderson who was quite simply not going to have an impact on any sort of large scale, and DeAnthony Melton who long term could have an impact but at 20 years old to expect him to have a major role in year one or maybe even year two is probably a bit excessive. So if you're worried about the Rockets five years from now, they might well lose this trade. I think Chris, even by year three, he was a lottery pick, eighth overall in 2016. A little bit of the shine has come off him, certainly with Brandon Knight, now many, many years in the league after being drafted in the lottery of the 2011 draft and coming off a torn ACL a couple of years ago. He's certainly not the star he once was. Melton definitely has the most upside of any player that's in this deal. But when you go into the tax the way the Rockets have, when you re-sign Chris Paul at 33 years old to a $40 million a year contract, it's not about the long term. You can't, especially when you're competing with the Warriors, try to navigate this thin line between 
the present and the future. If you're going to compete with that in Golden State, it has to be about the here and now, and that's what the Rockets are doing. There's no guarantee that either of these guys is going to work out, but you can see a case where at least one, and hopefully both, do. In the case of the guys the Rockets sent out, I think it's clear Ryan Anderson had a very, very small role at best, and DeAnthony Melton, nothing against him, but just based on his age, the fact that he's a rookie in the NBA coming off a season in which he didn't even play college basketball because of the NCAA investigation, you're looking at two players who are probably not major contributors for you in this upcoming season. So the Rockets, it's not a slam dunk trade in terms of you know getting the best value proposition, but in terms of where they are as a franchise, what they're trying to do, it makes sense. That's the best way I know to sum it up in terms of who the Rockets gave up in this deal. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, in terms of who the Rockets got, it's interesting. I'm actually going to start with uh, with Marquise Chris because he's a guy, theoretically, he replaces DeAnthony Melton as your highest upside young prospect. And it's a little curious because we mentioned DeAnthony Melton having a role as a defensive guard that could help you with dribble penetration. I've said in the past, guys like Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Dante Exum, that gave you problems in the playoffs. Melton could serve a role there. Now, maybe if the Rockets are high on Michael Carter-Williams, and I've heard good things about him throughout the playoffs, there's also now Brandon Knight into the fold, then maybe that role is slightly, that need, a little bit less than you would have thought a couple of months ago. But it sounds that the Rockets are now prospectless. Chris is just 21 years old. He was a lottery pick in June 2016. And there is nothing behind Clint Capella. And by the way, the maximum in minutes per game that Clint Capella has played at the NBA level is 27 and a half in the regular season. That was this past year. And right now your depth chart is Nene, who's 36 years old, Joe Chi, who has never played rotation minutes at the NBA level, and Isaiah Hartenstein. And the same could be said for him. With Chris, you get a guy who last year averaged 7.7 points per game, 5.5 rebounds per game in just 21 minutes. For his career, he's shooting over 30% from three on nearly three attempts per game from behind the arc, which shows you that it's not just a matter of a small sample size. He does trust his jump shot. Now it needs to get better than 31% to be viable as a consistent shooter, especially in this rocket system. But if he's shooting that many per game, it shows you that at least there's something that's there to work with. He's long, he's athletic, he has upside. And while you wouldn't think that the center spot is as much of a need as the backcourt is, it's not like it's solved either. Because behind Clint Capella, you have a lot of questions. And while I don't think it's a given that you're just going to slide Chris into the number two role, I think Nene, Hartenstein, Chi, they're all going to have chances. But to throw another body, especially one that's had some success at the NBA level, NBA level and was a lottery pick fairly recently, it's not as if there's no need you can clearly see a need for more depth at the center spot when you look beyond just the fact that there are bodies, but you look at the track records. You can see where the Rockets would want to gamble on the upside of a guy like Marquise Chris. 
Brandon Knight is more inter- interesting because you would think, looking at the Rocket depth chart, that, hey, Chris Paul, James Harden, Eric Gordon, those 96 minutes at the guard spots are spoken for when they're healthy. And that's not even mentioning Michael Carter-Williams, who, as I've stated, is someone they're fairly high on if they can straighten out his jump shot. That said, there's a couple of things to remember with Brandon Knight. First off, the last season that he was fully healthy and a starter, 25-4. and four. Those were his averages per game. He can play. Now, he's never been a great three-point shooter. He's a decent one. His career average, nearly 36%. But on paper, I acknowledge it's a bit of an awkward fit for a Rocket squad that already has three very good guards, two of them elite, in Chris Paul and James Harden. That said, when you are competing with the Golden State Warriors, you have to take risk. And yes, Knight being a guard, the fact that he hasn't played in basically a year coming off a torn ACL, those are real factors to consider. That said, it's not like that Boogie Cousins has a seamless fit in Golden State. The touches he takes offensively are going to be taken away from the likes of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. The integration that's going to have to occur with Boogie coming off a torn ACL, that's real. But the fact is, when you're in today's top-heavy NBA, there are certain risks you have to take. And when you have a guard who is available like Brandon Knight, a former 25-4 and type player at the cost of Ryan Anderson, who was largely considered a negative contract. It's a risk the Rockets, quite frankly, probably had to take considering this deal was available without giving up their future draft considerations. My initial thought after learning of this deal again within the past hour and trying to process it is that I would get ready for Eric Gordon to play more minutes at the small forward spot than ever before. And... If there's one thing that I think you should know with the Mike D'Antoni era, and I've said this before, you need to let go of the idea of traditional positions, point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards, and centers. In a Mike D'Antoni scheme, you have point guards, you have 3 and D guys, and you have rim runners. So even though in most systems, Eric Gordon would be a guard, in this one, he can play the three. We saw him against the Warriors closing out games in the Western Conference Finals. We've seen this offseason, the Rockets working in four-man groups with Harden, Paul, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, and whoever the center of choice is, often Joe Chi, because Clint Capella has been in contract negotiations. And if you have Eric Gordon playing at the three, some of those minutes that previously went to Trevor Ariza, if you have Carmelo Anthony up front taking some of those minutes that previously went to Ryan Anderson, then you can see minutes in the backcourt that a Brandon Knight, if healthy, could presumably take. Now, is it a seamless fit? Of course not. If you have a backcourt, effectively, of Chris Paul, James Harden, and Brandon Knight, and you're largely playing Eric Gordon at the three spot, maybe even starting him, that wouldn't blow me away with the roster composition at the moment. Are you going to be a little small? Certainly. Brandon Knight is just 6'3". His wingspan is 6'7", which isn't excessively long. You're going to be small, but the playmaking potential, the shooting with that group, when you compare it to the guys who absorbed a lot of those minutes even a year ago, guys like Trevor Ariza, Luke Bamute, Ryan Anderson, and now you're replacing them with the likes of Brandon Knight, even a few more minutes for Eric Gordon, Carmelo Anthony. It's an interesting group. Is there a guarantee that it's going to work out? Absolutely not. I'm curious where Knight is at medically after basically missing a season with an ACL tear. I'm curious what his fit is from an X's nose perspective, and I do plan on getting interviews in the days ahead to examine that more. But on paper, in terms of understanding why it makes sense, 
look, the downsides are real in terms of are there enough basketballs to go around? That's always a fair question. Are they big enough? Because this move clearly pushes Eric Gordon to absorb some minutes at the three spot. All of those questions are fair. But the bottom line to me is that the upside potential, if you're playing Eric Gordon more at the three, if you have Brandon Knight and Carmelo Anthony taking minutes that went to the likes of Trevor Ariza, Luke Bamute, and Ryan Anderson a year ago, your upside is higher. Will you achieve it? That remains to be seen. But in terms of the Rockets' thought process behind the steal, to me, that's where they're at. Now, of course, they benefit some from moving Ryan Anderson's contract, although I never thought it was as movable as some did on Rockets' Twitter. For me, the crux of the deal is that they gave up the long-term potential of DeAnthony Melton for two guys in Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight, who in the short term could be high upside contributors. When you're in this era with Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and James Harden signed for, well, in the case of Capella, it's not the max, but between the three of them, you may as well call them a maxed out big three that has you in the tax for the foreseeable future. You can't toe the line when you're competing with the Golden State Warriors, especially the Golden State Warriors with Boogie Cousins. You have to commit. And ultimately, the Rockets gave up a very talented young piece in DeAnthony Melton for guys who could be more instant impact contributors in Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, one final thought before we close out. I've mentioned the basketball side because, to me, looking at Brandon Wright as a scorer, as a playmaker, again, his last healthy season as a starter. It was a couple of years ago, but he averaged 25 and four lottery pick in 2011. Marquise Chris, lottery pick in 2016. There's a lot of upside, and theoretically, both of them can fill roles. With Chris, you could have the backup center spot filled if he pans out. With Knight, it's not as if there was a need at the guard spot, but outside of point guards and centers, and again, in the Mike D'Antoni system, I think it's point guards, 3 and D, and rim runners, then theoretically, Knight could fill some of the minutes, even though he's smaller, that previously went to Ariza and Bob Mute, and that, and thus, in turn, free up Eric Gordon to play a few more minutes at the 3 spot, which we know he's been playing some this offseason anyway with Chris Paul and James Harden. We also saw him do that with some success in the Golden State Warriors series. That said, these are the upside scenarios, if things work out. That's far from guaranteed, because, look, Chris Paul, James Harden, they largely need the ball in their hands to be successful. The same goes for guys like Knight and Eric Gordon. And now you're adding another guy that needs the ball in his hands traditionally to succeed. Even if the Rockets have overcome those odds before, that's no guarantee that it's going to keep happening. It's a gamble, and I think from the Rockets' standpoint, considering that Ryan had no role after signing Carmelo, with DeAnthony Melton, the mid-second run pick, being the only piece that they really had to give up to make this thing work, it's one that, it's a gamble that they're willing to take. That said, it is important to note that even if things don't work out from a basketball standpoint, as well as the Rockets hope they will, this is not a long-term commitment. 
the factors that we've discussed on Locked on Rockets the last few weeks in terms of Ryan Anderson at a bare minimum, even if he doesn't play, being a salary filler in terms of his deal expiring in 2020 and either at the trade deadline this year or next summer being not a positive commodity, but certainly not a negative commodity and a very useful one in terms of a guy that does not have a long-term salary figure but, but can be used to match salaries. You still have that in Brandon Wright. This is the, or Brandon Knight, excuse me. So you used to say Brandon Wright because of the trade uh, or, or the buyout acquisition the Rockets had at the deadline last year. Big man from Memphis. But in Brandon Knight, making 16, actually about $15 million per season, you still have that large figure expiring in 2020 that worst comes to worst, even if he doesn't fit from a basketball standpoint, you can still use him as salary filler in deals down the road. This is the scenario that we talked about in terms of the Rockets having their cake and eating it too, in that you still have the upside of a guy who can be used, not really essential to your future, because best case, Brendan Knight's a, uh, a bench player that can help you as far as being a spark for 25 minutes a game. He's certainly not going to be a foundation piece with the Rockets as currently constructed with Chris Paul, James Harden, and Eric Gordon. But even if he doesn't embrace that role, even if it doesn't work out as well as you think it could, worst case, at the deadline this year, next summer, you still have a large salary, $15 million a year instead of 20, but it's still big, that you can use to get other players around the league as far as potential 3 and D wings or going after stars if you did an expiring contract to make the math work and so on and so forth. So that's where, to me, I see why the Rockets did this move. I believe in DeAnthony Melton, but I think the combination of two guys who, again, both lottery picks, Knight in 2011, Chris in 2016, they can help you now. Plus the fact that even if things go wrong, you have the upside of someone who can help you in the short term. And even the relative downsides that you still have someone actually on a more desirable contract than Anderson around the league because $15 million a year is better than $20 million per year. I like DeAnthony Melton a lot, but he would have to be really, really good for this trade not to be worthwhile. Because best case scenario, both of these guys work out and Knight is your third guard off the bench allowing Eric Gordon to fill some of the minutes at the small forward spot and Chris is your backup center. But even if one of those guys doesn't work out the way you hope they will, both have upside, you're not giving up anyone that's currently in your rotation. Again, Ryan lost his spot as soon as the Rockets signed Carmelo Anthony. Very similar in terms of an older stretch four whose primary value is, is as a floor spacer. Carmelo more durable, more dependable as a playmaker and a scorer. Not that much of a drop off as a shooter, et cetera, et cetera. We've covered that plenty. But even if one or both of these guys doesn't work out as well as you think or hope they might, you still have that salary filling component. You still have $15 million in a non-essential salary expiring in 2020 that you can use to make the math work elsewhere. So in terms of Maury's war chest, his assets moving forward, they do lose to Anthony Melton. That's not insignificant, but they keep their first-round picks. That's also something to uh, keep in mind as the Rockets move forward. I think it's pretty arguable that the Rockets might have more value from the future first-round picks than they would with Melton, because at least the future first-round picks, it's like a new car that hasn't been driven off the lot. The team receiving that pick can use it as they see fit, whereas Melton, you might have a team that feels good about the backcourt that they have, and so maybe he's not as valuable as a future first-round pick would be. 
The bottom line is since the Rockets moved Ryan without trading a future first, it's not like they're asset list. They do have things that they can attach to Brandon Knight or whoever the salaries are, but they moved Ryan. They got guys who theoretically could contribute now, but they also have guys that still have, in the case of Brandon Knight, the same type of large salary expiring in 2020. So you're not taking away any long-term options either. You do get more short-term upside, but the long-term we've talked about in terms of the grand scheme of eventually trading that Ryan Anderson salary slot for a 3 and D or matching salaries in a deal for a star, those types of things that we've discussed for months, even years now, those are still on the table. Brandon Knight's contract allows you to do a lot of those same things theoretically, but he also gives you more of a short-term boost because you can at least see a path to where he could be a contributor on this season's Rockets team. I don't think that path was there for Ryan Anderson. And while it wasn't implausible for DeAnthony Melton, for a 20-year-old rookie who didn't play college basketball last year and slipped until the mid-second round, it was unlikely. Again, it's not an easy trade to make. I think with DeAnthony Melton, it's a guy the Rockets like a lot, and could it burn them? Certainly, but most trades aren't easy to make. Most trades, to make it work, you have to give up something that is painful to you to get something of value from the other team. And in my opinion, the Rockets are in a place in the organization that while Melton has longer-term upside, when you factor in that Chris and Knight are potential guys that can contribute this year, and the fact that you still roll over that salary spot for trade matching purposes that you had with Ryan, now with Brandon Knight, to me, it's a deal the Rockets had to make. And so while it's not a slam dunk trade, it's one that ultimately I'm okay with at the moment. Now I say at the moment, as I close out the show, because these are just my initial thoughts. I'm not going to pretend that I have done a lot of extensive scouting on Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight as players, as individuals. In the case of Knight, he hasn't even played in a couple of years because of the ACL tear so there's a lot to discuss in the days ahead i'll try and line up some interviews but in the meantime i did want to get my initial thoughts out there for you guys on this late thursday evening with the rockets finally after a year plus of allegedly trying to move ryan anderson now officially doing it in the deal for marquise chris and uh brandon knight from the phoenix suns so until our next episode i will sign off as always thanks for listening if you want more content including our most recent show which is only a few hours old now best place to get it is on twitter i'm on there at ben dubose the show is at locked on rockets go through our feeds you can find all of our old episodes also other ways to get our old content lockdownrockets.com that's the website uh facebook.com slash rockets those are all ways you can see our former episodes and if you haven't subscribed already itunes stitcher google play tune in megaphone etc just subscribe to us also leave us a five-star review that's how you'll get episodes right when they come out if there's breaking news and also by leaving a five-star review that's how we can look attractive to potential advertisers and keep the business model working here at lockdown rockets as the most regular podcast covering houston rockets basketball couple other plugs before we sign off lockdownrockets at gmail.com that's our email address so if you've got questions about this trade suggestions for the show advertising inquiries that's ways that you can get in touch with me I mentioned our twitter at ben dubose that's me personally at lockdown rockets that's the show those are other ways also if you have not checked out other shows across the lockdown podcast network that includes other nba teams i'm sure lockdown suns will have some reach recap from their side but also check out our nfl mlb and college sports shows in the nfl that includes the houston texans they wrapped up their preseason tonight so if you want to hear about how the texans closed out with a win moving to three and one in the postseason check out lockdown texans hosted by my friends robert land and brian patterson they'll have a full recap of that game and they'll of course be looking forward to next weekend's season opener against the new england patriots so for now, I will wrap up. Again, the headline of the day, the Rockets trading Ryan Anderson and Anthony Melton to Phoenix, rookie guard out of USC. And of course, Ryan Anderson, 
veteran forward the Rockets signed in July 2016 for Brandon Knight, 2011 lottery pick guard out of Kentucky, six foot three, and Marquise Chris, 2016 lottery pick, six foot ten big man out of Washington. So Chris and Knight into the Rockets. Uh, Ryan Anderson and DeAnthony Melton out. So these are my initial thoughts on the deal, but we'll have much more in the days ahead. Just stay tuned right here at Lockdown Rockets, your home for podcast analysis of everything Houston Rockets basketball. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.